We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Everybody in here, thank you so much for being in here. Welcome back to Bring the Juice. And we got to welcome in our guy, UCF Jaguar. Uh, dude, last time we our two teams played, um, unfortunately, you guys made uh, a lot of people in our, in our fan base pretty angry. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, NFL has started. Now we got the weekly previews and stuff going on. Uh, September might just be the best time of year. Hot take. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. Hey, anyone that doesn't know who UCF Jaguar is, I don't know what y'all are doing with your lives. <laughs> I mean, this guy is in our chat almost every time we go live on a, on a game day stream, whether we're getting our butts kicked or we're actually doing well, he always finds a way to make it about the, the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and always finds a way to trigger either me or our comments so thank you for that by the way hey the, the the colts fan base you guys are the only fan base i can really talk smack to i mean we haven't beat the texans since like 2017 we uh the titans just own us i don't i don't know who to talk to really <laughs> we we uh, all years like well well we beat you at least one time a year for the last 10 years so i get to at least talk my ish to you guys yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, uh, just curious. I know like last week you guys, unfortunately, you're 0-1, but last week you guys did put up a good fight. Um, how are you feeling so far about this team, um, you know, through one week? Obviously, there's a lot of things that probably are subject to change, but as it stands right now, how are you feeling about the 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars? I mean, if I'm like an objective person looking at the Jaguars, you feel good about the direction and, you know, how the game went last week, but just – as a fan of the team that's, you know, just suffered so many losses, I mean, you shouldn't you need to close out that game. You have an eight point lead in the fourth quarter. You you're you have three turnovers, you're plus two in the turnover differential. And really just the fact that the Jaguars let that game go through your hands, it, it stinks. I mean, it really does. And 
you know, you want that to be a game where you start to turn the corner, you win, you're feeling better, you're one and oh right now, then you're playing with a little bit of house money. But now, you know, we're 0 and one. Uh, now we have the Colts coming in town at the division matchup. You know, your Colts on paper are better than Jaguars, so you might be going 0 and two. It's just, uh, you know, if if I didn't have my heart in this team, I'd say, you know what, that's a good game. You're showing improvement. Uh, a lot of the uh, positions groups played a lot better, but as a fan, it it stinks, man. It does. Well, I know that everybody was talking about your new head coach, Doug Peterson. And I think from everyone outside of the team thinks that going from Doug Peterson to from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson is probably a very good transition. But for someone like you who obviously watches the team and understands it, what's your take on Doug Peterson and what you think he's going to do for this team? Man, the jump is really unreal. I mean, you can always debate like, oh, did, did your team get better at wide receiver? Did your team get better at, you know, cornerback? But when you go from Urban Meyer, who was might have been the worst head coach in NFL history, to a guy like Doug Peterson, who's proven he's been in the playoffs multiple, multiple times, he's won a Super Bowl ring. I mean, that's he's as proven as you get. And he's had a really good impact on the Jaguars just culture-wise, and then just the offense. You know this is Doug Peterson's offense. And, you know, for once, we're having wide receivers run route concepts and they're getting open. I mean, last year, the offense was just ridiculous. It was bad. So you know that Doug Peterson has his team, like, heading in the right direction, and um, it's it's looking good so far. Of course, you know, he had his flaws in game one, but um, the seasons, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, you know, as long as you get gradual improvement, you start winning some games, you know, that's, that's kind of to be seen. Cody, before I let you go, I, I do want to take you back just real quick. UCF here, just one second. So I'm not trying to roast you here. I'm just trying to get like the honest truth. Cause I feel like I remember, were you hyped when the Jaguars signed or, uh, signed, coach Meyer were you happy about that move initially I was and and, okay. and the big thing for that was like I was like we've tried so many things just why not why not do that and <laughs> sure. and when you when you hire a head coach you either want them to be really really good or really really bad because if you like hire kind of in the middle you know you get left with somebody like maybe Doug Marone or you know, we'll see how Frank Reich does. If Frank Reich misses out on the playoffs, then he's kind of in the middle. And then it's like, you want to know that you have the guy. You know what I mean? And if they're kind of in that middling range, you get stuck with like a Jay Gruden too long or something like that. So, I mean, it was a one-year experiment. It failed. It massively failed. But the good thing was, it's not like we wasted a really good roster. Um, the only real downside is that you did – you know, you hurt Trevor Lawrence's rookie year. You know what I mean? You'll never get that back, but um, he's not like ruined or anything. So, yeah, well, you know, I thought it was funny because there's two things in recent memory that I pride myself on being right on. One, the fact that Justin Herbert was going to be a really good quarterback in this league. I uh, said it from the very beginning. I thought the Colts should have traded up to go and get him and look at where he turned out. Everyone told me I was dumb. And then I knew from the get-go that Urban Meyer was not going to be a good head coach in the NFL. And I took pride in knowing that at some point you were probably going to feel the exact same way as I did right off the bat. 
but I just wanted to revisit memory lane there real quick with you. Cody, go ahead. Well, he could bring up memory lane from last year. So let's just not do that. Yeah, let's move yes, on. That's very true. Uh, <laughs> the pain still sits here with me and with a At lot least of it wasn't here. coached by Urban Meyer that we lost to. Okay. Uh, At least we could say true. that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, man. We talked about some of the improvements. Uh, I think we should start by talking about, you know, the leader of your franchise right now, quarterback Trevor Lawrence. What did you see from him in week one? And, you know, what do you want to see from him here uh, against the Colts and, and the secondary that has some kind of proven guys here, Stephon Gilmore, you know, Kenny Moore, um, and then a couple of young guys in the, in the safety room. What do you want to see from him here in week number two? Yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence week one, the game started off and he, he wasn't very good. I mean, he was he missed Travis Etienne on the first drive wide open for a touchdown. Um, he was just overthrowing some stuff in the first quarter in the first half. And it was like, OK, we're down 14-3 at halftime. Like, let's see if Trevor Lawrence can take the team back. And he went out there in the second half and he was really good. Um, he was throwing some really good balls. And, you know, we wound up getting up eight points. I mean, we scored. We had four straight scoring drives. We went touchdown, field goal, touchdown, field goal. So the Jaguars were moving the ball pretty well. And then in the fourth quarter, both the defense and the office had a chance to win the game, but it sputtered. Then, you know, when you're when you're part of a fan base, there's two things that are going to really tear a fan base apart and make people go at each other. One is obvious. That's losing. Um, number two, and you guys haven't experienced this as of late, is like quarterback controversy. I mean, there's legitimately people because I, I was on, I was live streaming the whole game, so I wasn't on Twitter. I go on Twitter after, and Jags fans are calling him a bust. Oh, we should have went and got Justin Fields. We should look to trade for Garoppolo. I'm like, oh my god, like this should not be happening after one season and one game of a of a game that he really didn't play that bad in. But I mean, it's out there. So I'm looking for just improvement from Trevor Lawrence when it comes to um, just being more accurate on those passes. I'm hoping that the Jaguars can kind of keep a clean pocket for him because his stats are just so much better when when he has a clean pocket. Um, but, yeah, I just hope that, look, the receivers, I, I like the receiving core this year. I mean, it's not, you're not, don't have the crazy number one receiver that's, you know, the, the you know, the Mike Evans or the Justin Jeffersons. But you have guys, they're getting open, you know, they're catching the balls that are going to them. And at the end of the day, they're they're serviceable. They're doing their job. So, I just hope he can connect with them good, read the defense well, have a clean pocket, and then, you know, I think that'll help him improve a lot. Yeah, I thought it was really odd that people were talking about Trevor Lawrence and then were being like, this is like the epitome of Trevor Lawrence. And I'm just like, man, can y'all just give this young guy a break considering the fact that, you know, who has he had to work with and who has been his coach and all of these other things, right? Like, I mean, it, it just seems so odd that, People are already wanting to pass up on him, and it's weird. Uh, let's talk about the running backs here for a split second, because I look at what you guys did just against the commanders, and, I mean, ETN now being back, he only ran the ball four times but still got 47 yards in those, and then James Robinson, you know, had 11 attempts, and he had 66 yards, so, you know, was averaging six yards a carry, while ETN was averaging 11. I mean – in total, 15 rushes for over 100 yards from your running back's perspective. I mean, what do you expect from these two guys now both of them are back healthy and ready to go? Do you think that they'll get more acquainted into the offense as it goes along? 
Yeah, that, that was one thing that, you know, when I was talking about Trevor Lawrence, I was going to allude to the run game, but I don't want to get off track. But yeah, the running game was something that, I mean, these two guys averaged 7.5 yards per carry. Why do we only rush the ball 15 times? I yeah, mean, we were true. doing, I mean, like, and the thing was the offensive line was doing good at run blocking, but they weren't protecting, pass protecting very well. So I, I don't know if it was like a James Robinson's on a snap count type of thing. Um, and ETN's also coming back from injury, so I don't know what that, but I mean, when those guys got the ball, they were great. I mean, and it's funny with James Robinson because the guy looks so slow out there, but he is so effective. Like, <laughs> he knows exactly where to go. He has really good contact balance, and then ETN's just a, has a really good burst. I mean, that could be a really good, you know, one-two punch if they're being used right. So, yeah, they need to, they need to get more work when it comes to just you know, running in between the tackles type of stuff and just getting them, you know, just getting the run game going, especially when you, you're going against a team like the Colts who, you know, they have pass rushers, Quiddy Pay, Yannick Ngakwe. Sometimes the best thing to do with, you know, stuff like that is just run right at them. And I'm hoping that, um, you know, I'm hoping that we get more involved in the run game. I just don't know behind the scenes. Like, I don't know if they're, they're on some kind of snap count, but hopefully – I mean, hopefully that changes soon because, you know, running the ball is going to help us win. You know, you, as you're playing a team like the Colts, you guys know your identity. You're a running team. But with us, we have so many new parts of the team. We don't know what our identity yet, and, and the coaches don't know. Maybe they wanted to be passing. Now they might start to start leaning toward running. So we're kind of seeing a team kind of learn about themselves really before our eyes. Sure. Yeah, that makes total sense. And, you know, we'll see exactly what happens with the force Buckner who, you know, has been limited. He didn't practice today. So we'll see, you know, if he goes, if he gives it a go, if not, that's a huge loss for the Colts in the middle. Um, and Jacksonville may have some success running the ball right up the gut, you know, against some of these guys. So we'll see on that. But one matchup I'm really looking forward to, man. Um, and it obviously depends on the health of Shaquille Leonard, but you know, Evan Ingram, who you guys signed in free agency, um, has it didn't do a ton last week, if my memory serves correctly. Um, I believe he only had uh, a couple catches. I think he had four catches for 28 yards uh, against the Commanders. But the Colts really struggled last week when in the absence of Leonard um, with guys like EJ Speed, Zaire Franklin, more of the reserve guys in coverage, right? Um, I mean, they, they really, really, uh, you know, were getting burned by O.J. Howard. He had two long touchdowns on them. Um, what are your thoughts on how they might look potentially if Shaquille Leonard is out in this game or even limited in some capacity? How do you think the Jaguars might kind of try to attack that unit that struggled last week? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, when I was doing my preview video, I'm kind of looking at the Colts injury report. And man, like it's like they had the top player at each position group kind of questionable right now as to their game status. And yeah, if Leonard's out, that's a huge, that's a huge, I mean, plus for us. You got to exploit the middle of the field. That's one thing that, you know, when you look at Washington, they're also pretty weak on the linebacker core. So I wish we would have attacked the field a little bit, in the middle of the field a little bit more. And honestly, it was open. I mean, Evan Ingram a couple times was open. This Trevor Lawrence just either didn't have to find it, didn't have the time to find him, or he threw elsewhere, just didn't read the play right. So yeah, I mean, if uh, if if Leonard's out, man, that's a uh, you know, if, if you have a linebacker like that, they really are like the true centerpiece and the X factor on the defense. So um, kind of play what the defense has given you. And I mean, I know me, I'm hoping I'm hoping for a really nice and safe week three return for Leonard. <laughs> As I'm sure every Jaguars fan across the country definitely is. Uh, and we'll know tomorrow because if he ends up full practicing again tomorrow, 
then we know that he is going to play in this game in some capacity, just not a hundred percent sure on it, but you know, and then the injury problems don't just stop there. I mean, Kenny Moore is also not uh, practicing today. You know, he had uh, a hip injury as well uh, going with DeForest Buckner. I don't know if he's going to play or not. My guess is he does, but at the same time, it's definitely interesting. You know, I mean, I think your wide receiver group, it's very, I don't know, because you guys like last year should not have done the things that you did to our defense, but yet you did, right? Like Marvin Jones looked like the best wide receiver in the NFL in that game. And mm-hmm. LaVisca Chenault was catching the ball and nobody was in within 10 yards of him every time he caught the freaking ball. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how to feel. I like trying to be objective in regards to your wide receiver corp, which I actually think is actually not too bad. But at the same time, I think the Colts secondary is better than your wide receiver group. But then again, every year your wide receivers always torch us some way, somehow. Uh, How do you feel about your wide receiver group coming into this game? I mean, with our wide receiver group, like going into this game, I, I just wanted to be good enough. You know, I mean, we don't, I think next year in the draft, you know, if the Jaguars finish like, you know, I'm hoping between like six and 11 to like, you know, eight and nine, that'll put us in a good spot to really draft like a game changing wide receiver. But I mean, at the moment, a lot of people clown the Jaguars for getting Christian Kirk, but Christian Kirk was exactly what the Jaguars needed. And he put up, I think like six receptions, 117 yards. You know, he was really good last game. You have Zay Jones, who's running open. Right now, the big thing working for the Jaguars is that, you know, we finally have Doug Peterson and an offense coordinator with Press Taylor that's really drawn up really good route concepts where these guys don't have to run these, you know, to to beat these guys in these crazy one-on-one routes. They're just, you know, they're kind of going against his own defense and getting open against it, you know, due to the route concept. So um, really with the wide receiver core, that was one thing where last game I really didn't have any complaints about. You know, I had my I had different flaws against every pretty much every position group. With the wide receivers, they were getting open, they were catching the balls that were thrown to them. So I don't have any complaints about them. But yeah, there's not that we don't have that true like game changing receiver. I think Kirk is really good out of the slot, you know. But I think if the Jaguars draft the guy a true number one next year, then that's going to really open up Kirk, and that's going to that could really take um, this this wide receiver group from like formidable to potentially great. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about with your guys' offense versus this Colts defense is the pass protection. Um, obviously, you guys, you know, you, I would say you guys have a pretty solid offensive line. You have some nice pieces there. The Colts, you know, tried to really revamp their defensive line this year. You know, obviously getting the guy you know well, Yanni Kingakwe, in a trade. Um, and then the emergence of Quiddy Pay, who had two sacks a week ago. Um, how do you feel about, you know, your offensive line matching up against some of these defensive linemen the Colts have? I mean, it's tough, man, because this offensive line is so inconsistent. I mean, if you saw week 18 against the Colts last year, you would have thought that they had an all-pro offensive line. But, you know, it's just way too much up and down with the group. And I know last week, I mean, right now we're starting a third-round center or third-round rookie at center. Um, You have Cam Robinson who signed a big deal last year or this year. Then he struggled against the Washington pass rush. I will say – you know, when I, when we were previewing Washington, it's like, oh, Washington, they traded for Wentz. Wentz 
you know, when stinks or whatever. But then you kind of forget that this is a team that really invested in their their defensive line. A lot of first rounders out there, and those first rounders worked our offensive line for much of the game. I mean, our left guard struggled. So really, with this, it's just all about like how are they matching up. And I really hope this game it helps the Jaguars out when it comes to being able to attack them in the run game because they were good in run blocking. And that run game, that strength of that run game is going to set up the pass where, you know, Trevor Lawrence is just protected a little bit better. But, um, yeah, I guess right now we have a one true game sample size. There's a lot of newness at the offensive line. I mean, 60% of our offensive line is new starters this year. So we're just kind of learning more about them as the year goes on. Well, I mean, it's not a whole lot better for the Indianapolis Colts offensive line right now. We have 40% of our guys being new starters as well. And on top of it, that left tackle position, you know, we still don't even know who's going to be the definitive starter by the end of the week at this point. So it's going to be interesting to see how Josh Allen and that defensive front does against them. I mean, we know Josh, I mean, last, what was it? six sacks against us the last time that you guys played us. And that was with, you know, all of our guys at full strength and you guys still sacked us six times. I mean, and now we have, we're having problems with Braden Smith. I mean, he gave up two and a half sacks uh, in the game against Houston, the left tackle position. It's a bounce between Matt Pryor and Bernard Ryman, who's a rookie that we just drafted. And then Danny Pinter is now your new right guard. Uh, after we didn't re-sign Glow, I mean, what what's your expectation for the defensive line, e- either getting pressure or stopping the run? Because you guys did both the last time that we played you. Yeah, it, it was disappointing because you know I, I was doing a collab with a Washington guy last week, and he asked what the strength of the Jaguars is. I said defensive line, but really the defensive line last week, like in the first half, they were just non-existent. Man, I was like, where is this pass rush? Like, you know, you know what Carson Wentz. If you're not getting pressure on him early and he's comfortable back there, the guy's going to make the throws, and that's exactly what he did. So the Jaguars' pass rush just didn't get in there. But as the second half started going, they did get more aggressive. Now, we do have a brand-new defensive coordinator with Mike Caldwell who comes from under Todd Bowles' tree. Um, we have a lot of just new players on defense. We have you know two rookie starters. We have a bunch of free agents. So it's just a brand-new defense together. So it took two, you know, the first two touchdowns two drives for Washington were touchdown drives. And then they didn't score again until the fourth quarter. So they're kind of coming into their own. You know, I love Trayvon Walker. I mean, last game, he literally recorded a sack and an interception. I mean, that's a good day at the office for your number one overall pick. So that's a good sign of hopefully some better things to come. But yeah, the defensive line, I mean, it's good. I mean, I still like it. I'm hoping that we can get pressure early. Um, It's just, you know, last week and then, it kind of disappeared in the last drive of the game. So I don't know with the defensive line, there's talent there, plenty of talent. It's just, you know, is the unit going to show up and get pressure, you know, with four when the game starts? I mean, I guess we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. And then you kind of talk about flipping it over. You talk about uh, some of these Indianapolis Colts weapons that they have on the outside. Um, You know, you have Michael Pittman Jr. who had had a nice day continues to cement himself as the number one wide receiver with the Colts. But beyond that, there's some question marks at wide receiver. The Colts have a lot of inexperience right now. They have Alec Pierce, who was in concussion protocol. So we'll see if he's good to go. Um, it's kind of 50-50 right now, it feels like, with him. Um, and then you have Paris Campbell, who was in the game. You know, 
Um, now he's fully healthy, which is great to see. You know, you have Ashton Doolin. You you have a lot of unproven guys outside of Pittman, and Pittman didn't even practice today. So I'm assuming he's going to go because he's the kind of guy that likes to grind it out, and I, I don't really have worries that Pittman's going to go uh, or not. But, you know, kind of looking at your guys' secondary, I mean, you invested some into your – especially into your corner room uh, with the Shaquille Griffin signing. Um what, how do you feel about this matchup with you guys, with your defensive, uh, your your defensive guys at the secondary versus Indianapolis Colts wide receiver room? Yeah, I mean, I imagine the the cornerback. A lot of people don't know, but the Jaguars' like number one cornerback is Tyson Campbell, who the Jaguars drafted in the mm-hmm. second round of the twenty twenty one NFL draft, and he's a he's a he's a good player, man. He got an interception last week. He's exactly what you want out of a cornerback. He's just a uh, fast. He's lengthy. Got long arms. So he's a uh, you know, he's the guy that will go with Pittman. I mean, if you're if, if Shaquille Griffin is going against Pittman, then you know the Matt Ryan's mouth should be salivating because he was just getting <laughs> Shaquille Griffin was getting burnt last week. They invested in Darius Williams from the Rams too at cornerback. He missed all the preseason and training camp with because he had offseason shoulder surgery. He was really slow to come back this game. It looked like he was uh, you know, he still had a lot of rust to knock off. Um, that seemed to be an issue with a couple players on the defense, but yeah, I mean, I think the defensive secondary is the thing that I'm least confident about. Um, you know, last year you signed Shaquille Griffin and Jenkins just kind of as, you know, placeholder starters. You know, you know that they want to upgrade from those guys. And then, you know, we have Andre Sisco at safety who's going into his second year. You know, he was a third-round pick, so we're hoping that he kind of takes it to the next level. But, you know, I feel like my answer, answers are all the same for you guys. Like, we, like, I don't know a lot about this team. There's just so much newness. And I don't know how they're going to play together. We're relying so much on whether it be free agents we just brought in or or uh, or rookies or even guys that are going into their second year that's trying to ascend to the next level. It's just so much that there's just so many more questions than answers right now. And I think that's, you know, one fun thing about going into the year. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, another wait and see type of thing. Well, obviously, we know how you feel about Jonathan Taylor Everyone feels the same way about Jonathan Taylor. He's a big play waiting to happen anytime he touches the ball. But I want to know your opinion on Matt Ryan, because Matt Ryan last week, second most passing yards in the NFL, even though you know he could have had 450 had his receivers actually caught the ball more significantly. But, I mean, Matt Ryan coming into this system now, you know, Matt Ryan saying he still has a lot left in the tank, and he still shows that, you know, he still got it from a accuracy standpoint and from a decision-making standpoint and the ability to actually move out of the pocket and be able to run the play action effectively. Uh, what's your thoughts on this Jaguar defense going up against Matt Ryan now? Yeah, I mean, when I look at it, you 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 feel like if the Colts had Matt Ryan last year, since Matt Ryan's floor is so much higher than Carson Wentz, you feel like they probably would have been a playoff team. It's just uh, with Matt Ryan, I just hope we can get pressure on him. And, you know, he's not he's kind of a statue. So I'm hoping that the Jaguars can just go back there and pressure. But if the guys are open, he's going to make the throws. So, you know, last game was a rough game when it comes to our secondary. We have to tighten that up because if you're back there, if you're not getting pressure on Matt Ryan, he's going to find the open guy and he's going to be able to hit him. So. It's uh that's a little bit concerning. It's just uh you know what what team's gonna show up, what pass rush is gonna be there. Can uh you know can guys like you know our rookie Devin Lloyd can he improve? Can uh can Shaquille Griffin have a bounce back game? 
it's uh you know matt ryan he's four no against the jaguar so he has a good history so um i guess time will tell with this one i tell you what man don't don't sleep on matt ryan and his wheels man he was called <laughs> second leading rusher last week four rushes for 12 yeah, ironically yards, so. enough <laughs> <laughs> he no actually way. like surprised i was surprised that like he actually is not as slow as i think like a lot of people he's think. not think- philip rivers i no, mean not at he's all. far and away not lamar jackson but he's <laughs> definitely a lot more mobile than philip rivers i mean yeah. if you if you forced him out of the pocket and you forced him to get four or five yards by just running and sliding he definitely has that capability to go and do that and he will take those yards every time which is smart which is a smart quarterback yeah, but obviously he's better in the pocket than he is on the run. So, you know, you hope to keep him, you know, in the pocket if you're the Colts and protect him well. Um, you know, kind of talking about, I know Derek briefly mentioned it, kind of talking about uh, just Jonathan Taylor real fast. Uh, we, we all know the kind of player that he is, but I felt like you guys did a pretty decent job last time we played in Jacksonville of kind of limiting him the best you could. Um, so how do you think you guys will try to do that again and try to try to shut down Jonathan Taylor um, and and try to make basically the Colts beat you uh, by by having their new quarterback kind of just ball it out, you know, make them more more one dimensional, I guess. Well, I mean, a lot of times when it comes to the running game, I mean, the running game is is one of the trenches. And in that game, the Jaguars defensive line uh, just flat out outplayed the offensive line of the Colts. And that's how they were able to kind of stop um, Jonathan Taylor. And then they forced. Um, they forced the Colts into passing situations where they were down, and then Carson Wentz was fumbling the ball and throwing interceptions. So that's the key, man. You have to get the Colts down to where they're out of – they're not going to be able to to run the ball like they will. Now, you guys were able to get out of it against the Texans. I didn't really watch the full game. I was, you know, kind of a red zone watching that one. But, um, you know, they found a way. So just uh, – yeah, I mean – the Jaguars, they do a pretty good job when it comes to a lot of times limiting running backs, but it's usually at the expense of, you know, the secondary being bad or, you know, you sell out on the run. So the passing game's going good. So, um, you know, it's interesting because whenever we play in Indiana, in Indianapolis, just the running backs take off on us. But in Jacksonville, for some reason, we're able to uh, just stop the running game for the Colts. It's, uh, you know, if you guys want to play in Jacksonville twice a year, I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, well, I guess we might as well go to the special teams before we uh, get into a score prediction. Uh, your special teams unit. Obviously, it's changed a lot, and so it has the Indianapolis Colts over the last three weeks. Uh, what do you say for your kicking units and your special teams guys? Uh, how does that look this year? I mean, the punter's great. The kick and punt returner's great, too. It's just, you know, we've had kicker issues. I mean, I think we've had five different kickers in the preseason. Um, the guy we have now, he was three of four last game. He missed, like, a 38-yarder. So it's like, all right, I guess you can make it to next week. It's, uh, But I don't feel good about it. I mean, when the kicker's going to go up there, I'm not going to go grab a beer. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. there's, a, there's a good chance that, I don't feel comfortable with it yet. You know how I used to when we had Josh Lambeau, it was nice because man, when he was, when he was good for the Jaguars, he was good. Like he, he never missed that in Jacksonville. He was knocking his kicks down. I mean, you guys know how it is with Vinatieri. It's, it's a very underrated thing. You don't really appreciate it until they're gone. So now that, you know, we're both in this kicking limbo, the worst thing ever, especially when you're the Jaguars, when you're not a very good team is just leaving points on the board. And that was a 
you know, when you count up the points that the Jaguars left on the board against the Commanders, it was like 14 points. It was uh, just really, really disappointing. And yeah, we can't, we can't, we have to take the points when we can, or else, uh, you know, we're good. Enough, we're not a good enough team to come back from it. Yeah. Well, I would say like we definitely understand that completely about volatile kickers because Colts now have a new kicker this week. Um, you know, Chase McLaughlin will probably be the guy. Um, they signed two guys to the practice squad. McLaughlin was with the Colts back in 2019, um, filling in for Vinatieri when he kind of really struggled to begin the year. Um, and I thought all in all, he he did well. You know, he's been pretty good um, typically, you know, in the 20 to 30s. And actually, surprisingly, uh, 50 plus, he's been really good. He's really kind of struggled more in the 40s, um, which I think is just so interesting. It's um, also kind of hilarious that the guy who couldn't make a 45-yard field goal gets cut and we sign a guy who is only 50% in his career kicking from 40 to 49. Yeah, so as long as Chase McLaughlin doesn't have to be this, you know, savior kicker, he just needs to make his kicks, and he needs to be able to kick it because he's going to be handling the kickoff duties. He's going to just have to not kick it out of bounds twice in a row, and we'll be happy. Uh, you know, that was awful last week. You know, you ta- in talking about, man, just leaving points on the board, the Colts did the exact same thing. You know, the Colts made that crazy comeback, really should have won that game um, by a wide margin, I do feel like, because, you know, they had the opportunity. Alec Pierce drops the touchdown pass. Uh, they should have been up 10-0 at that point, and then you really are, you know, kind of in control um, of that game. Um, the Colts just, you know, that's one thing the Colts have really struggled to do is just like, when it matters, when you're down in the red zone, the Colts have kind of struggled the last couple of years in the red zone. So I think that's an underrated matchup I'm watching too, is which team between the Colts and the Jags leaves the least amount of points, you know, on the field. That That's kind of what I'm looking forward to um, because you talked about it. Both our teams probably should have won last week, um, but we both left too many points on the field and we, we, we paid the price for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's difficult because I know, I mean, I know what the Jaguars like, you know, when you look at the, you know, same thing with the Colts last week. When you look at the, on paper, you know, you could tell which team should have won. I mean, the Jaguars, they forced like three turnovers. They they had multiple red zone visits. I mean, it was awful. Then somehow they wound up losing the game. It's it's just not fun. Yeah. Yeah, very true. All right. Well, I guess we can end this with a score prediction. Uh UCF, we'll let you go first. You're the honorary guest. What's your score prediction for this game? You know, it's funny. Like, objectively, I mean, I do think that the Colts definitely have the advantage, um, you know, if I'm just a random person picking. But, man, there there's something to be said about, like, how many bad Jags teams there's been since 2014. I mean, that was before Blake Portals was even a starter. So it's like... I don't know. I mean, the Jaguars somehow win there when they go one and zero, then they lose fifteen straight. Last year, the Jaguars were the worst team in the NFL and somehow won. I don't know. I think there's something about Jacksonville. So, I mean, I had to until you know I have this thing going where the, the Jaguars haven't won in Oakland since or beat or haven't haven't won an away game since the Raiders were in Oakland. They ha- they've lost like to 17 straight NFC opponents. So until the Jaguars win an away game and until the Jaguars beat an NFC opponent, I can't pick him to win that game. So it's kind of the same with the Colts right now. Like until the Colts actually win in Jacksonville, I don't know if I can pick the Colts to win in Jacksonville. So with that being said, I'll take the Jaguars. I'll, I'll just say the score would be 24 to 20. All right, Cody. Cool. 
Well, I'm right there with you. I'm not picking the Colts. I am not picking the Colts. They have not proven to me that they can do it. You know, like if they would have beat Houston soundly like last week, like they should have, I would have picked them. You know, I would pick them this week. But like, like Derek, like you said at the end of last year, like until the Colts can do it, I am not picking the Colts to win in Jacksonville. I am not. I'm not going to pick them. And if they prove me wrong, absolutely, I will be ecstatic. But you're right, Dalton. I can't trust them, man. I just can't do it. So with that being said, I have the Jaguars beating the Indianapolis Colts by a score of 27 to 24. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the same way. And you know what? Our fan base may hate us for feeling the way that we do, but I said it at the end of last year. I won't pick the Colts to beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville until they actually can do the deed. It's been 10 years, like it's overdue. It's about time that something happens. And, you know, who knows if, you know, some of these Colts players are even going to play, you know, if Shaquille's not playing full time, if Buckner's not getting a, a more snaps, if Kenny Moore's out and even Michael Pittman, maybe not getting time, you know, that's several key components to that team that may not be available or won't be playing at full speed. So yeah, I'm going to go 24-21 Jacksonville. I hate saying it, and it, it pains me because, you know, every time I always uh, pick against the Colts, the Colts fan base always yells at us for not being homerish. But it's like, listen, I can't. I'm I'm, I'm not biased. I, I feel like the Colts will – if I hope Matt Ryan goes 5-0 and against the Jaguars. I hope so. But then again, he always plays the Jaguars in London. Okay, it's different. It's not going to Jacksonville and playing down in the swamps and doing all this stuff in the humid heat, okay? Like it's different. He's flying on a plane to London. So, we'll see uh we'll see how it happens, but yeah, that'll be it for me. Cool. Yeah, it's crazy going on another team show and they're all picking against their own team, especially with the Jaguars <laughs> playing, but it's a different I mean, it's a different element cuz when the Jaguars go to Indianapolis, it, the Jaguars just get beat down. But yeah, it's, the other it's way weird because we always beat you at our place. You always beat us at your place. Well, it's, it's usually a sound beating in Indianapolis. Like the game is over by like halftime. But I don't know. Yeah, it's just a weird, really, just a really weird thing. Just Bortles, from Minshew to like even Kessler won a game like six to nothing or something. Yeah, it's been a weird. This has been a weird bit of history over there. And I'll just say this, man. Let just keep an eye out because. If your team does beat the Indianapolis Colts this week, just know for a fact that Col the Colts fan base will absolutely unravel before your very eyes. You will witness the apocalypse of a fan base. You will see every single person asking Jim Ursay to fire Frank Reich before he even gets back to Indy. I, I promise you that is what will happen. Or <laughs> no, it probably won't happen because Ursay's already stated that he doesn't like firing coaches in the middle of a season unless something drastically happens to where he's not even allowed back in the building. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the same scenario, but probably by the end of the season, if we don't win the division, then we he will end up being fired because it's again another situation where the team ends up going oh one and one to start the year out. Still sounds really weird hearing myself say that, but yeah, it, just know that 
if your team d- does end up winning, you're going to get to witness Jacksonville fans be happy, but you're also going to see the Colts fan base unravel. Yeah, no, and I mean, I'm here's like, the situation. If the if the Colts lose, they're all going to be tagging Jim Irsay. If the Colts win, they're all going to be tagging me. So I, uh, <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Uh, I guess, I guess I, I don't know have, which one I want more. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think they're, I think they're ready to to take it out on me a little bit. But hey, if they want to come over here and talk, hey, I'm, uh, I'm all about it, man. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to me. Yeah, heads are going to roll one way or the other. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely uh, an interesting game. Nonetheless, you know, both these teams after, you know, a little bit disappointing week ones where they feel like they should have won. Both these teams definitely need this win um, if they want to go into because, you know, you guys are have a tough schedule ahead and the Colts are playing Kansas City next week. So we got some tough opponents coming up. So we need all the wins we can here if we want any shot at winning the division. But, man, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure to have you on, kind of talk some ball and uh, yeah, good luck on Sunday, but I tell people all the time, and I've told you this over the years, please don't win. Uh, you know, please don't like, please, even don't. though you have absolutely no power over it, don't, win. Yeah. you, you know, the, the, Jaguars the, to not win. The, the crazy thing about this game is no matter what, whoever wins this game is in first place in the AFC South, which That's is, wild. uh, just pretty that. wild that the Jowers are in that position after losing week one, but here we are. <laughs> Very it's true. wild. It's wild, man. But yeah, good luck on Sunday. Not too much luck, though, because my goodness, we it's about time we win in Jacksonville. Uh, we have the opportunity to finally get one of these monkeys off our back. We weren't able to do it. We should have done it last week in week one, but here we are. So hopefully we can get one of the monkeys off our backs this week. Please. But appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, thank you guys to everybody who was a part of this. Uh, guys, if you're still listening to this video, wherever you are or watching this video, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to subscribe. We're going to be having all Colts content coming out the rest of this week into Sunday. So be sure to check that out. Uh, I guess before we go, man, just just let the folks know, even though I don't know how many Jags fans are in here, let them know where they can find you and your work. Yeah, man, I'm just on YouTube, UCF Jaguar, Twitter and Instagram at UCF underscore Jaguar been posting youtube videos since january 2017 and uh you know one of these days you know 2017 was a great year to start man we went to the afc championship game i thought this was so much fun and then i just turned into like you know the the leader of a therapy session circle but you know one of these days we're gonna win some games it's gonna be a lot of fun Dude, we understand that. You know, we we come in in 20, you know, right after Andrew Luck comes back, we're like, oh man, Colts are Super Bowl contenders. First full season, he retires. It's like, really? You know, maybe we're the curse. I don't know. But, uh, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, guys, go Colts. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.